morning uh, we'll begin in the book of Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Begin with uh, verse six. Thank you. This is God speaking to Abraham, and Stephen recalling the history of Israel. God speaking to Abraham, verse six. But God spoke in this way that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land, and that they would bring them into bondage and oppress them four hundred years, and the nation to whom they will be in bondage. I will judge, said God, and after that, they shall come out and serve me in this place. We'll continue in verse 17. But when the time of promise drew near which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. So another king arose who did not know Joseph. This man dealt, dwelt treacherously, dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies that they might not live. At this time Moses was born, and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away, and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and deeds. Now when he was forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brothers would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brothers, why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away and said, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? And from there we go to verse 35. This Moses, whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? Is the one God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, and in the Red Sea, and in the wilderness for forty years. And this is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. Him shall you hear. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give us whom our fathers would not obey, but rejected. And in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. In Stephen's re recalling the history of Israel, and he talked about how they rejected Moses, and that one of the things that Moses said, that God would raise up a, a, a prophet from among them, like Moses. He says, Him shall you hear. And they didn't say it here, but it says anyone who does not listen to him will be cut off from his people. And of course he was referring to Jesus. 
And here they rejected Moses, and they rejected God, and it says, and in their hearts they turned back to Egypt. They, made, they even made plans to go back to Egypt. They never physically went back to Egypt at that time, that generation. But it says in their hearts they turned back to Egypt, to a place of slavery and bondage. And this is the message for today. So you want to go back to Egypt. There's a famous song back in the 1980s uh, by the late Keith Green, So You Want to Go Back to Egypt. And it recounts that story of people who were enslaved and God delivered according to his word after they were in Egypt for 400 years. God had it all planned out. But they rejected it, and in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. The second passage I want to read, uh, a verse in Joshua chapter 6. And verse 26. This was after Jericho was destroyed and set on fire. And Joshua puts a curse on Jericho. And this is what it is in verse 26. Then Joshua charged them at the time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up its gates. In other words, when he set the foundation, his firstborn son would his firstborn would die. And when he put the gates, when he finished the city and put the gates on the city, his youngest child would die. And we follow that up in First Kings, chapter uh, sixteen. First Kings sixteen thirty four. This is several hundred years later. This is in the days of King Ahab, verse thirty four. And in his days Hiel of Bethel built Jericho. He laid his foundation with Abiram his firstborn, and with his son, youngest son, Segub, he set up its gates, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken through Joshua, son of Nun. In other words, when he built, when he laid the foundation of the city, his oldest son died, just like Joshua had said. And when he finished building the city and put on the gate, his youngest son died, just like from... It says, which he had spoke according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. To go back to the wrong way. To not listen to the word of God. And he went back, and this man who built this city over again, this cursed city, he brought a curse on himself. Just like the children of Israel when they tried to go back to Egypt. The slavery. 
They brought judgment against themselves. <clears throat> so from there, I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 2. Dave, if you could read verses 16 to 20. Sure. <clears throat> Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. For by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. But if while we speak to be, seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. <laughs> this book is about being justified by faith, not by works. And in that, he talks about trying to be justified by works, and he says, <clears throat> you're rebuilding that which was destroyed. In the body of Christ through the blood of Jesus but the message here is much deeper than that if we rebuild that which was destroyed just like this man Heil who rebuilt the city of Jericho we bring judgment against ourselves that's why he says is Christ a minister of sin it says while we seek to be justified by Christ we ourselves are found sinners is Christ the minister of sin? Says, certainly not, or God forbid, the King James says. The same thing he says in Romans 6, when he says, shall we continue in sin, that grace might abound? He says, God forbid. Same thing here. Very clearly spoken. Is Christ the minister of sin? And if he's living in us, he's living in us, he served us, and he's living in us, not to live with sin. And it is a message to us about walking in the flesh or walking in the Spirit. If we walk in the flesh, we're rebuilding that which was destroyed. We died with Christ. and We raised it with Him to walk in a new life, not the old life. If we walk in the old life, we're rebuilding that which was destroyed. And the warning of the judgment that goes with it. Now when people hear this, they think of, you know, gross sins, of, of horrible sins, but it's talking about sin in general. It's talking about the fruits of the flesh, of harshness, of unlovingness, of being discontent, of being rebellious in many ways, rejecting the attitude of Christ, the attitude of loving those who don't love us. There is a message 
that we read here. Hatred. We hate somebody. If we're contentious and argue, argumentative and strifeful, we're rebuilding it. The new man is a man of, 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 of the fruit of the Spirit. But if we walk in the flesh, we're rebuilding that which was destroyed. Envy. Selfish ambitions. Outbursts of anger. That's in the same book of Galatians. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Self-control. If we lose control of ourselves, if we're not walking in the Spirit, say, well, I'm walking with God, but I can't do this or that. One of the fruits of the Spirit is faith. Believing the Word of God and the things that He said. If we seek to be justified by Christ, where we ourselves are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? If we're walking in the flesh, is Christ a servant for us to continue in sin? To walk in the flesh? Certainly not. But if I build again, those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. In Galatians 5.1 it says this, Stand fast therefore in the freedom, in the liberty by which Christ made you free, and do not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. For the Israelites made a decision. We're going to go back to Egypt. Where there was things that appealed to their flesh that they weren't getting out in the wilderness. Let's go back. Set a captain, set a leader, and we're going to go back to Egypt. Uh, there's only one small little thing they forgot. The Pharaoh, king of Egypt, held them as slaves and was brutal to them and cruel. He even killed their children. They were enslaved, but they were so blinded by the leeks and the onions and, and the melons that they ate when they sat by the Nile River, when they were enslaved. They were thinking about their flesh. And when we go back and walk in the flesh, we may not even realize it. Satan is a harsh taskmaster. It's like Pharaoh, king of Egypt. A harsh taskmaster. And cruel. And Sometimes when people look back longingly at who they were before and things they did before and go back to their old ways, they forget. They forget the slavery and the bondage. They forget where they came from. We must not rebuild the things that we destroyed in Christ and we were crucified with Christ. And now Christ lives in us not to be a servant of sin. He says, Paul says, no longer I to live, but Christ lives in me. And Christ lives in us not to be a servant of sin, but to serve the Father. 
And you see the conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Christ is not a minister to sin. Do not rebuild the things that which we've destroyed when we when we were converted and came into Christ. Do not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Don't go back to Egypt. It's not God's way. There's nothing good there for us. We don't want to go back to Egypt. And if we have any thoughts that we do, think again. Remember the man who destroyed, I mean, that that rebuilt that which was destroyed. The man who rebuilt the cursed city. And the judgment, the, the terrible judgment that came against him. Pursue peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. The word holiness means separated, separation. Separation unto God, to live in the Spirit. When we are tempted to do what's wrong, and the many different varieties of what's wrong, and all the many different things that the Bible tells us not to do in the New Testament, When we are confronted with those things, remember, if I give in to that, I'm rebuilding that which was destroyed in Christ. When I made a decision to follow Christ, when I believed the message and decided I'm going to live for Christ, I'm going to follow Him, I'm going to just be a follower of His, I'm going to become a Christian. When I made that decision, and we were buried with Christ in baptism and raised with Him to walk in a new life, don't go back to the old life. Don't rebuild the old way. Don't rebuild the old man. And this is in the next book, the book of Ephesians chapter 4. This is what Paul was talking about. And we read verses 17 to 24. <clears throat> This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness and greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in truth, in true righteousness and holiness. Mm -hmm. Not the walk way the way the world does. Don't think, the, don't think the way the world does. Don't act the way the world does. Don't speak the way the world does. It just goes on. Don't live. That you do not walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. In our own logic, in our own reasonings, don't walk in them. Put that off. Put off the old way of life, the old man. We have made a decision to follow Christ. 
And don't walk in the old way then. Don't rebuild that which was destroyed in Christ. That he died for. He gave his own blood for. Don't go back to that old way. Don't rebuild that which was destroyed. Don't lay the foundation of Jericho. And don't put up the gates. And everything in between. Hmm. <clears throat> talks about the, the, the lust, the deceitful lust. Walking in our flesh is deceitful, and it hardens our heart. talks about the blindness of heart, being alienated from God, our understanding being darkened. We are surrounded all around us by this programming of the way of the world. It's in our society, it's in our workplace, it's in the marketplace, it's in the media, it's in the neighborhood, it's in the town hall, it's in the government, it's in the medical field, it's everywhere. The way of the world. And he says, not to walk, not to walk in that mindset, not to walk in that way. He says, but put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And be renewed, be made new in the spirit of your mind. Don't resist the spirit of God. We were reading, the first thing we read was in Acts chapter 7 where Stephen was on trial, and he's talking to the, the Sanhedrin, the court, that condemned Jesus before, and is about to condemn him. And at the end of it, he says, he says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. You see, the children of Israel wanted to go back to Egypt. It was resisting the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. Being stiff-necked and resistant to the will of God. And hardening their heart. Same as the guy who rebuilt Jericho. Ignoring the curse and doing it anyway. Cost him two of his sons. Judgment. It says, put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Be made new in your mind. Let God keep making this new in your mind. Walk in the new man. Walk in the new way of thinking. Walk in the new way of living. The new way of life. The life of Jesus. As Peter said that we should walk in his steps. As the Apostle John said, that we should live as Jesus lived. Did you ever think about that? If Jesus was sitting in my shoes today, moving forward, what would he do? How is he going to live? How is he going to act, work this all out? He's going to walk on the water. He's going to trust the Father. 
He's going to walk according to the word. He's going to live the way he did. In righteousness and true holiness. Not a facade of holiness, but true holiness. From the heart. He walked with the Father from the heart. And we should live as he did. The new man. That's what he changed us for. That's what we were born again for. That's why he gave us his Holy Spirit. To think and walk and act and speak as Jesus did. Our motivations should be the motivations of Jesus. To lay down our lives for one another. You know, to, to love one another as he loved us. He gave his life for us. He spent himself. And we are called to spend ourselves for those who Jesus gave his blood for. Chapter 5 and verse 1. You can continue there, Dave, and just until I stop you, I don't know where to stop you. Okay. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, and Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Okay. Thank you. Imitate God as his children. The greatest honor that a, that a father can have is if his children imitate him. Imitation, they say, in the world is the most sincere form of flattery. Imitate God as his children. God the Son, his life, imitate that. And he says, and walk in love as Christ, and I just mentioned this, as Christ loved us. And he gave himself for us. That is the type of love that he's talking about. A sacrificial giving of yourself love. And there was... What was his benefit in that? In this life? In his life on this earth? When he lived in this earth? The reward would be later for Jesus. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His reward will come. And it was in, in, and so it's looking to the future that he laid down his life and gave himself. Not for what you can get now in this life. But it's what you get from God. The reward's from him. And love one another and walk in love as Christ loved us. That's the kind of love he's talking about. Or walk in love in the way that Christ loved us. 
and gave himself. God calls us to give our lives, not just here, but including here, for each other. To give of our energy, our time, our resources, whatever we need to help one another. Look in the book of Acts, you can see it lived out. They were one heart and soul. And they shared it with each other. And they laid down their lives for each other. And as a whole world is going to hell in a handbasket, what are we doing? We're, we're being called to be a light in this world, to be the salt of the earth. And he says, But all immorality and uncleanness, covetousness, let it not even be named among you as as fitting for the saints. Don't rebuild that which was destroyed. Don't go back to Egypt, as plain as can be here. Don't go back to the slavery of sin. Don't go back to slavery, to bondage. Stand fast in the liberty with which Christ has set us free. And don't go back to the way of the world. Don't go walking in the flesh, because that is the way of the world. Just take a look around you. You'll see the fruit of the flesh everywhere. Don't, don't walk as the, as the world does, in the vanity of their mind, in their own logic and human reasoning, in their own wisdom. Don't walk and don't live that way. Don't think that way. Don't speak that way. You know. And he talks about filthiness and foolish talking, which are not fitting, but giving thanks instead. Giving thanks to God. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me and you. In everything. No fornicator, unclean person, a covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Romans 8 says, if we continue in the flesh, we will perish. But if we, by the Spirit, put the death of these of the flesh, we will live. Don't let anyone deceive you with empty words, he says. Vain words. Don't let anyone deceive you. If you walk like this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5 says, if you, the fruits of the flesh are this, you live like this, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the sinful nature. Therefore do not be partakers of them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as the children of the light. Don't play games with God. Don't rebuild that which is destroyed. Don't go back to Egypt. For, for all the, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what pleases the Lord. Look into His Word. Ask God to direct you. What is it that I must do to please God? Because that's number one in our life, to serve Him, to live for Him. He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died and rose again for them. We live for Jesus, not for ourselves. So we have to, since we're living for Him, we, it makes sense. We need to find out what pleases Him, since we're living for Him. And have no fellowship. 
And this is a very powerful statement. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. All these things I said that are around, gathered around us. You know, all the things of our society. You know, the things that are on the internet, the things that are on the TV, the things that are on cable, the things that are on, in, uh, you know, in school. In, in uh, on the on the news and everything else, you know the, you know all our society is trying to force upon us. Have nothing to do. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Psalm one says, "Blessed is he who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord." He does not sit in the seat of the scornful, walk in the way of sinners. We can sit and listen to all kinds of worldly garbage being thrown at us in what was called entertainment in this world today. Because we are just assaulted with worldliness of every kind, and every kind of sewer, and every kind of filth is being put upon us. Have no fellowship with it. Have no part with that. That light and darkness should have no part with one another. Have no agreement. What fellowship does light have with darkness? What fellowship does the temple of God have to do with the temple of idols? This is another way Paul puts it. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose it. So how do we expose it? By rebuking everybody... In the world that's doing worldly things? No. We are the light of the world. It's in the way we live. It's in the way we act. It's the way we respond to the evil around us. The testimony of the Christian. As we walk like Jesus did. You see what Jesus did. You see his testimony. We're called to walk that way. Not to be in fellowship with the works of darkness, not just the people of the world, but their works too. Their unfruitful works, their dirty talk, their immodesty, their filth. Don't walk that way. Don't talk that way. It says here, coarse jesting. You know, enough of the dirty jokes and everything else. No fornicator, unclean person, or a covetous man. The American dream. Materialism, the way of the world, foolish talk, worldly talk, worldly reasoning. Expose it by who we are in Christ. The light of the world, the salt of the earth. Light shining in the darkness. Light exposes the darkness says verse 13 but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever exposes or makes manifest is light verse 15 see then that you walk carefully not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, 
but understand what the will of the Lord is. See then that we walk wisely, that we don't direct our steps back to Egypt by listening to our flesh, by listening to our logic, our human reasoning, to the point where we're walking that way. Don't walk that way. We read it's corrupt. It's corrupt. Walk in the new man that is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. The new nature, the new man that God has given us when we come into Christ and we believe in Him. We commit ourselves to Him. We, we, we submit to Him in baptism. We believe the message. We repent of our sins. We're buried with Him in baptism. We're raised with Him to walk in a new life. Don't go back to the old life. And sometimes we don't even realize it. And God opens up our understanding. We're on the road to Egypt. Sometimes people do it stubbornly and willfully. Other times they don't realize it. They're walking in the vanity of their mind. God says, bring every thought captive to obeying Christ. Do not rebuild which we destroyed in Christ. The old nature. Don't let it come back to the surface. Don't walk in it. Don't lay that foundation. Don't set up the gates. So, you want to go back to Egypt. So I have brothers, so I want to turn it over to you just to comment on that or anything else that God puts on your heart to speak today.